This is This is Alt 98.7 I wake up every day and I feel very much the same as I did when I walked in here 18 years ago. I really do. And uh, it's a great privilege to play here and it's a great privilege to play in the NFL. And I try to represent the team more. I try to represent my family, try to do things the right way. Could never imagine the kind of team achievements we've done. I mean, I don't think anyone can ever take those for granted. These are pretty amazing times for all of us. It occurred to me, this is what government would look like without a president. This is the reason an unconventional candidate like Donald Trump became president. To license it. But I see ghosts, I see ghosts. I've played with a lot of great players. I've played with some Hall of Famers and, and been very lucky to be blessed to be drafted into this organization. I've, I was born into this organization. I've grown up in this organization and hopefully I'll retire and, and, and move on in this organization. Is Chipper Jones. He's a switch hitter. He's unaffected by right handers or left handers. Goes out of the strike zone here to chop down and hammer one down the left field line. The Chipper Jones probably has fewer holes than any hitter in the Braves right. lineup. He can handle pitches pretty much anywhere in the strike zone. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. It's very hard to say my name correctly. You're like Brian. Well, you know what us ultra-liberals say. When it comes to drugs, lies are okay. Your midweek download destination. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanooga. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Stone On Air podcast. The Weekly Dose, it drops every Wednesday. Oh, hey, look at that. Today's Wednesday. Or, I don't know, could be Monday, could be Saturday. I don't know when you listen to the show. This show particularly is released on the 24th of January. At Stone On Air on all social media. I appreciate you finding the show. I gotta be honest, every now and again, and when I say every now and again, I mean more times than not, I sometimes dread when the middle of the week gets close because that just means, oh, damn it, man, I gotta figure out another show. I mean, I'm not the most interesting guy in the world. I do feel like I can find interesting topics and discuss them and, you know, with with some kind of level of entertainment, but it is... I remember doing this for a week back in the day at the old talk station on fill-in times and be just like, man, how exhausting would it be to do this every single day, all the time? Well, there's two ways to answer that question. Uh, One is, well, when it's your only gig and you only have the one job you have to focus on, being a a successful and quality talk radio producer slash uh, talk show host is still quite difficult but it's not really that that bad if you know what you're doing if you have all your focus on that now in your in a case like me and like many others in the broadcast industry when you have to rely on two and even sometimes three jobs well then it becomes quite stressful so i don't envy the people that still have to do that uh, and there aren't many of those left but uh, uh anyway so looking forward to today's show a handful of fun things to talk about. It's, it, things just kind of fall together sometimes. So we'll, we'll lay things out here real quick. This is the supposed for-profit, allegedly income-generating venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. Thank you for finding it. Um, the Kornheiser email, I wrote that down here. Let's let's get to that right off the top. It has now been officially confirmed that uh, I, I got the... I, I mentioned it last week that I'm going to be recording the show live the day before my birthday, in live to tape, in Washington, D.C., at Chatter Restaurant, which is owned by Tony Kornheiser, Maury Povich, 
and um and and Gary, oh my God, why am I blanking? The uh, former uh, Maryland basketball coach, ah Jesus, Gary Williams, Gary Williams, and then a couple other investors that you've never heard of, and Maury Povich again, the old talk show host guy, and they have a studio built into their into their restaurant, and it's so cool of an idea, I think, anyway, and uh, I'm going to go watch Tony Kornheiser's show be recorded, and then I'm going to record my show there as well. I'm going to start emailing them every single day in the attempts that maybe I can at least meet him, and I don't know if, I think just asking to meet him, it would be pushing my luck, but here's the email I got today. Again, the restaurant is called Chatter, uh, Chatter Podcast Studio for Maureen Burke, associate producer, or excuse me, assistant producer for the Tony Kornheiser show. Hi, Brian. Sorry for the delay in getting your confirmation, but we've got three shows booked that day. The good news is the studio will be available in the afternoon between 2 and 6.30. The best news for me is, is those are the the damn dates and or the time frame that was ideal for me. So that's exciting. Uh, it says on April 9th. So if that works for you, just let me know. Thanks so much. Looking forward to seeing you. I am so excited about this. I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to everybody else. Let's see. The government shut down again. Uh, big deal. Big deal. They're, you know, they kicked it down the, uh, the, the can down the road for another three weeks, and we'll do this all over again. Every time there's a government shutdown, the, uh, either the opposition side blames the other one, and then everybody acts like it's, it's so big a deal. I mean, just, just the, the words strung together, government shutdown, just sounds really bad. It's really not that bad. Nothing, of, nothing that, that's essential gets actually shut down. A few people lose a couple p- paychecks. And right now, it's the, the narrative is, oh, you're, you're, you're denying the military their money and their benefits. It's a whole lot more complicated than any of that. Every well, I'll take that back. I'm not positive that George H.W. Bush administration had a government shutdown. I bet they did. I'll look at that later because I've done a long um, uh, topic on this uh, in the past. But Reagan, Clinton, George W. Bush, President Obama, and now Trump administrations have all had shutdowns. It's not that big a deal. It's just a power struggle. So let's see a couple. Um, I'll get to those uh, to these Facebook comments here in just a few minutes. Uh, let's lay out what's going on later on. The final segment of the show will be a combination of a blog from the Dead Dead's Letitia Wolf and the Tide Pod Challenge. <laughs> I know this isn't brand new. It's probably been going on for a week or so, but I didn't pay it any attention until the last day and a half, and I just had to do a segment on it. So that'll be a combination there. But on the serious end of it uh, and the not-so-serious end, uh, the Dead Deads have a new album coming out. It's going to be the 26th of January. It's called Sketches and Animation on uh, yeah on Friday the 26th. And so the front end of that segment, I'm going to read a portion of a blog that Letitia Wolf, Meta Dead, as a Dead Core fan uh, club fan group would know her better as, describing their latest single called Ghost, which I'll play a section of that as well. As uh, it's, you can get it on YouTube, but it hasn't actually been released until the end of the week, and it's uh, it's it's good. It's really, really good, and I'm going to encourage you to read the entire piece at the Dead Dead's, I think it's their Tumblr page. You'll have to do a little bit of work on this your own and search it out, but I'm going to read portions of it here at the beginning of the third segment. The final portion of that third segment will be the Tide Pod Challenge. Why I want to talk about that? Well, first of all, two people's Facebook comments got me this week that I had to uh, that I had to just kind of smile when I saw First was T.J. Griever, a local musician in all kinds of different bands, up with the Joneses back in the day, Glowing Portis, uh, the Communicators now, a handful of different projects. He was going back and forth with somebody. I didn't even pay attention, didn't even care. But I read his remark, and the one comment that I took out of that, it was da-da-da-da-da-da, and I hope you enjoy living the Walmart that is your life. <laughs> I just thought that was gold, Jerry. Gold! The Walmart that is your life. So this is the first time of three that over the course of however long it takes to get to using that line three times that I'll give TJ credit. After that, I will fraudulently pass it off as my own original thought. The Walmart that is your life. I thought that was great. And then uh, Tim Kelly posted a meme, and he doesn't do this kind of stuff very often, and uh, that made it even more reason to take a look at it. The meme was a picture of a box of Tide laundry detergent. And it said, when I was a kid, we had to eat Tide out of a box. 
Um, obviously making a joke about the stupid Tide Pod Challenge, which again, we'll get to more later. But his main uh, post comment was, my chief observation of the last year, our country is getting demonstrably stupider. Worse yet, I don't see any conversations about how to change the trend. And if Tim Kelly is posting something, a link, a comment, a thought, you should listen to it. You should take it seriously. You should read it. You should be his friend, a fake friend on Facebook or a real friend in real life. Tim Kelly should run for mayor. He would be a damn good mayor, but problem is he'd probably have to take a pay cut and work with scumbags. That is mostly the Chattanooga political system. All right, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, and in the Stone's Throw segment, I am so tired. I am so tired, tired, tired of so, so-called critics, reviewers, music reviewers, just absolutely boring me to death with their awfully worded and long-winded, pretentious mess of a quote-unquote review. I never get any actual real information out of it. I am so tired of it. It's one-sided. It's never critical. It's only just glowing just to get more uh, bands and, and artists and, and, and people of notes' attention. It's wasted space out there in the world of uh, publications, online publications, or however you you get this kind of information, it's driving me crazy. I'll go down that road in the Stone's Throw segment here shortly. So some sports stuff right off the bat. Before I get to that, two things in particular. The stop signs that are now on Highway 27, they're going to cause some incredible, uh, if nothing else, just wrecks. It is so dangerous. All going up and down 27 into downtown, it is an adventure. Every time you drive through that area, and they've now put up stop signs at almost every one of the on-ramp mergers between when it, right after 27, splits off of 24 and basically all the way to the old Jotty Bridge. There's like four or five intersect or merge lanes in that section in that area, and I, I'm pretty sure every one of them are now stop signs. MLK has been that way for a while. Um, one side of, 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 I can't remember which ones are which. A few of them were that way. For, for several months now, and I have just made it a point to just to completely avoid them. And now getting on in 4th Street to go across the river is now also a stop sign. It appears at almost every on-ramp you have to stop at. And yeah, it's 45 miles an hour. So if people would actually follow the the you know the, the, the laws and the miles per hour uh, limits, then it wouldn't be that big a deal. But most people don't. And part of the problem is, is to get off on some of these exits, you have to be in the damn right lane. You can't get out of the way. You have to be a jerk, especially on MLK coming south across back over the bridge. You want to get out of the way so MLK people can merge on, but then you have like 500 feet to get back over in the right lane to get off on an exit you can barely tell is even there. I mean, you literally drive up, it looks like it's closed, but you, you it's not. And now I go every day, so I know that it's not. But so what I need to do, to be courteous, I get out of the way so people can merge. And then what I have to immediately do is cut them off. It's just sliced right in front of them. It's so damn dangerous. I mean, this phase, I get it. This is a three-year project. It's a major, major highway project, project. And I'm not the guy who gets all pissed off because inconvenience because of road work. I get it. We're growing. It has to happen. It's for the long term. It's not the, the short term. You know, thank God it's Friday. Oh, shit, it's Monday guy who doesn't think past a couple days from him. I get that, that you're upset at, at all these inconveniences. But I, I'm not. I know that this is a bigger long-term outlook. But seriously, this is incredibly dangerous. People who can drive really well, like myself, are having trouble and regularly running into situations that are really, really precarious. This is dangerous, and you have got to make a, a shift in these lanes and get these things back merging. You have to. Dot and Department of whoever. Come on, this is bad. This is really dangerous. And there's a lot of damn volume down there during the day, during the weekend, all the time. We are becoming a major city on a smaller scale to be sure, but it's dangerous. And you can't have stop signs at all these damn on-ramps. You just can't do it for long periods of time. So get your act together, Dot, and everybody else. And the other week, uh, real quick before I shift into this uh, kind of sports stuff real quick, and I, I'll try not to bore you too long. Uh, the, the the other day I saw people posting on social media. I thought it was fake. I thought it wasn't real at first. But I went driving around to go try to find the area. I don't know if any of you guys saw this. Somebody, and I still haven't figured out who, I put out a, a or the light, it's the light brigade of Chattanooga or something like that. Now I now I can't remember. It's on my Facebook here somewhere. I'll try to look at it as I as I talk about this. But um somebody put a projection of a light. Uh, you know, a, a light projection on the side of the federal building, you know, basically where the behind Miller Plaza 
or Miller Park, I should say, and where the uh, post office is that said shithole president. And they did it at least for one night. Now, I don't know how long or, or what the exact motivation in other than the obvious. So a lot of people started posting things online about it. And to me, it was a really, really, really crappy picture. Really dull. I, I couldn't recognize it. So the guy who posted, I can't remember who it was. I went back and forth. I just said I wasn't arguing. I said, hey, where is this? That's the basically the post office behind the park. That eh, doesn't look like the post office to me. Could it be the side of the building? Because I'm not sure what the side of the building is. So I drove over there. Yes, it indeed was. The picture was not fake. And it is, yes, it's the Chattanooga Light Brigade. You can find them on Facebook. I guess they do a handful of different things. There's another one that says F Trump. And there's a, the, so they might have done even more here in town. And that was at Main Time. Okay, that was at Main Times 24 when they did the F Trump uh, projection on, um, let's see, the flashback from our Main, 25, Main Times 24 action for all the haters. F. Trump, shithole president. Uh, yeah, so you go check it out for yourself if you didn't see it. Chattanooga Light Brigade on Facebook. Their their head their header picture is no hate in my state. So people went crazy on this. Oh, I can't believe you you hypocritical assholes and all this stuff. Um, I just wondered if any of y'all saw it, and if you wanted to see some of it, it's at Chattanooga Light Brigade uh, on uh, Facebook. Do I think it's a big deal? No. Is it a little crass and tasteless? Man, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Doesn't bother me all that much, but. Brother, we got a lot of stupid things going on. That ain't one of them in my book. So let's shift over here to these, uh, just a couple of sports things real quick. Chipper Jones will be in the Hall of Fame by the time you hear this. First ballot Hall of Famer. I've been watching him play baseball since he was at AA Greenville back in, I guess it goes all the way back to 1990. So I would have been 10 years old. He was a hot shot of all hot shots. I followed baseball and minor league baseball very closely because I was going to Ingle Stadium and the lookouts almost every single night. And it was all my life back in those days of, uh, as a child, 10, 11, 12 years old. Went to, They played in the championship game, went to Greenville to watch Chattanooga play Greenville. So I've been watching Chipper Jones play baseball for 28 years, literally 28 years. Years He had a 19-year-long major league career, but he had a professional career of more like, well, let's say 27. I guess it's probably closer to 27, whatever, splitting hairs there. But I love this man more than you can possibly understand uh, a a stupid, silly, grown adult loving another man just because he can play baseball really well. But I really did. He's one of the best ever, and he has been – it's been leaked out. He is – the announcement comes out on the 24th. He is – a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, I'm really excited about it. So, just happy to see Chipper's name in the in the in the news for the next, you know, handful of months until the ceremony, which is in July, I believe. And then the other sports mo- mention here before I get out of here and get to Stone's throw is Patriots Jaguars on Sunday. I have to at least admit it, everybody el- or mention it. Everybody else is talking about it. I hate the Jaguars so bad I can't see straight. I hate them, hate them, hate them, and I didn't realize that. Until I watched this game. I knew I didn't like them. I knew I borderline hated them. I didn't realize how much I disliked them until I watched this game because I've never pulled for uh, Tom Brady like this and the New England Patriots um, in uh, ever. I've, I've, I've learned to not care about him and appreciate him and the team over the last decade. You know, the first 10 years of all this mess or eight years of this, uh, well, I should call it mess, dynasty. I hated it like, you know, just the jerk fan hates the team that wins and when yours can't. I truly appreciate what they're doing. But watching them play the Jags and almost lose, I was rooting like they were my favorite team. And what I look at when I see the Patriots, it's what I I, I think we mostly take, completely take for granted is culture, management, coaching, evaluation, how you treat people, your system, understanding what you're trying to do, and then executing it and putting people around you that can help you do it to the best of your ability. That is not just football. That is every single thing in life. That's a family. That's a school. That's a business. That's a city. That's a relationship. That is every single thing you do in life. It is a representation of everything going on around you. When I worked at my last company, now that that's completely gone and and buried and over, I can talk about it a little bit more candidly. It was an awful, awful work environment. I didn't realize it because I'd been there so long. When I got this new job with the new company, it was almost like 
It was almost like battered wives syndrome. Like I was scared. Like when am I going to get a hit next? When uh, I haven't, you haven't punched me recently. Is that coming soon? Like, is it okay if I ask a question? Of course it is. It was a culture that was toxic and that can be true in any kind of organized anything, sports, business, family, relationships. You have to have quality management, evaluation, culture, coaching, execution. It all matters every bit of it matters every angle you're looking at if you're deficient in one area it's going to it's going to affect everything else and that's what made the patriots so incredible is that they have understood what they're trying to do for going on almost two whole damn decades these kinds of things don't happen it is the the benchmark of success and if you use those same same kind of principles in anything you do in life and i don't do it well i'm not over here telling you hey watch me take after me i do everything right i'm a damn disaster but I understand the concept of and the appreciation of a quality culture, especially after having change, in, change into two new companies, two uh, the new broadcasting company and the new beer company. They're both so much more efficient, so much more, so much more authentic, so much more effective. And it's just such a damn breath of fresh air. And then you start looking around, you're seeing results and you're seeing you're seeing you're seeing your, your hard work actually paying off. And uh, I think using the Patriots as a as a as a model for how to handle those kinds of things, I think would would really do everybody a good. Oh, it's just sports. Sports are stupid. No, sports aren't stupid. Sports are a microcosm of life. They are they are they are a way to you know you look at bad toxic situations and you get bad toxic results. It's the same thing in your business. It's the same thing in your life. It's the same thing in your relationship. And I could take some of my own damn advice. Because I got toxicity all around me half the time. Sometimes I'm good about getting it out of there. Sometimes I'm bad about keeping it around. But I'm telling you, what the Patriots are doing right now, I am now such a fan. I think it's so cool. I hope they keep doing it forever. Now, they won't because Father Time wins every time, and Tom Brady's 40 years old. Coaching, management, evaluation, culture, execution, how you treat people, accountability, follow-up, it's all Equally important, every bit of it matters. Heads up! It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa! Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me, I'm stupid, I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, so yeah, there's some local people that I, I I am not loving some of the work they're doing, but this is less about them and it's more of a industry wide kind of thing. And I got I got at least acquaintances in almost every broadcast outlet in Chattanooga, at least acquaintances and and these days pretty close to at least a friend or two in almost each one of them too. So. I, you know, I'm not Brian Joyce over here. I'm not trying to be a dick just for the sake of being a dick. I mean, if something irritates me or something you know I want to get into and and expend some time on, I'm going to do it. And I'm, you know, I might change my mind depending on who I know or or who's involved. But generally speaking, I don't. Plus, I'm not an investigative journalist. I'm just I just talk into this stupid microphone once a week and then go to the radio station and play some music all afternoon. I mean, I don't do anything that's all that important. So I'm not in the business of trying, you know, gotcha guy or trying to trying to blow people up like I might have used to wanted to do because we are in a city that just celebrates mediocrity anyway. So if I wanted to go after, you know, all the uh, the the artists, the the broadcasters, the musicians, the architects, the restaurateurs, you know, that 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 did things what I what I would consider to be less than high quality work, I'd be I'd be blowing up half the town and not making any friends, and that's not going to do me any good. Now, that's not to say there's not plenty of quality work and quality art and quality music and quality food and quality drinks all over this city. But we got something new popping up every other day, a new band every other day, a new artist every other day, a new new restaurant every other day, a new a new blog every other day, and not all of them are any good, and and some of them are really really good. But we do have some people in the city that continue to um, just blindly cheerlead because I guess in the end it works out for them. 
Um, maybe get some access they would have normally got. May, might get them some kind of exclusivity that uh, other people don't get. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. That's not the main point of of this. I'm kind of going around the world to go a couple feet here. But what I'm really focusing in on right now are music reviewers, music critics, people who write like David Fricky. You know the 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 longtime. Rolling Stone writer. Actually, I like most of the things he he does, but he does a lot of this stuff too. It's become over the last like 30 years. I don't know why I had shifted out of this some. Is when you're reviewing music, it's always glowing and it's always with big words that half the people reading don't know what any of the words mean. And at the end of the review, you really didn't even get an understanding of what the hell it is the band even is. Now, I know you might get an idea if it's a bluegrass or a rock. Like, you get that generalization. But sometimes I just want to know, is this band any good? Is this band good? Do the bands that are like it, come that's come before, during, or after, or that we might be seeing on the horizon, do they compare with those kinds of bands? How do they fit in with what they're trying to do? Rather than just give me these just mindless, thesaurus-driven reviews... Like, bro, I don't know what you're saying. I didn't learn anything from your little blurb. And this just seems to get worse and worse. So with music reviewers, there seems to be two problems consistently. They're too damn wordy. Too often, there's too many words that most people, the average person walking around, because let's be honest, the, the people who are reading your work are average people who don't have any kind of expertise in vocabulary or, you know, linguistics or language. So they're too damn wordy, and they're almost never critical. I have rarely ever seen a music album write-up, and or or a even maybe a show occasionally because it's hard. It's it's hard to be. You got to be more authentic when you know that a bunch of people were there with you watching it. So maybe a show review. I've seen some critical ones. I can't really think immediately off the top of my head, but I cannot remember ever reading a bad local music review of a new album or an artist in the city not once i've never i've never seen it for 20 25 years 25 years i've been reading the enigma and brevis or brevis or whatever it was called and the pulse and the chattanooga and the times free press and and nuga.com now and and freelancers and blogs and tumblers and online and facebook and myspace and twitter and instagram i have never seen a bad review of a local musician or 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 show or release that's not okay. That's not all right to not have ever read a bad review. That means we're not doing reviews. We're just gloating and, pu- and putting ourselves on pedestals we don't necessarily belong on. More than that in a minute. What I, But what I, I do love reading reviews of art, TV, movies, music, that kind of thing. And it does seem like movies and television overall from a more regional and national level do seem to be more candid. They do seem to actually tell you what they think i'm not sure what the difference there is other than maybe it's because there's so much more to analyze from uh from a visual standpoint when it's just when it's just audio and most people can't play an instrument but most people can identify with a character i think that maybe that's why movie and tv is more candid and more honest and more authentic in the way they review things i love reading movie reviews i haven't watched a movie full-length movie i haven't seen in years I read movie reviews all the time. But so back to the music problem we have in the critics and the reviews. And it goes back to nobody's ever critical. And I'll use my, uh, my, my former boss, and I still consider him a very dear friend of mine, Kevin West from Cumulus uh, Media uh, here at Talk Radio 102.3. Great boss, great guy, great person. Guess what he did every week? Sent out an email to everybody. That was nice. You know, it was good to get an email from the boss once a week except for the fact that it said, every one of you are great. Everything we did this week is awesome. Everything we're doing next week will be great. Everything's awesome. You're great. You're awesome. Damn it, Kevin. We're not all awesome. We didn't all do good things. We didn't all just set the world on fire. Somebody effed up, and you should tell one of us about it. I don't mean to shame people in front of a public, you know, in a, in a, in a mass email, but when I mess up, you need to tell me. Stop telling me everything's good because I know everything's not good. There was a time or two where I screwed something up and somebody came in and I was concerned about it and I was a little stressed. I don't remember what it was. And uh, somebody who I was talking to said, oh man, don't worry, Kevin said it'll be all right. I was like, of course Kevin said it would be all right. All Kevin does is say things are going to be all right. And that's the same concept here. It doesn't work. 
telling people they're great when they're not doesn't doesn't lift up the scene, if you will. It doesn't lift up the product or the process. It makes it worse. It makes your your process and your scene and your 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 goals less focused because you've been told you've already done what you're trying to do. And then that just goes also into the you know celebrating mediocrity. I always talk about that. And there and most people will who are on the inside of any kind of industry around here that involves the arts and entertainment mostly agree on that. That celebrating mediocrity is something we do very much in this city. But yeah, every local band is great. Every local artist is awesome. Every new restaurant's great. And this is all what goes all the way back down to uh, to millennials. We always tell them they're great. And look at how that t- generation's turned out. Look at that narcissistic bunch of mess. And it happened to Gen Xers too. And it happened to baby boomers on a lesser extent too. And it's just slowly turned into what it is, which will get more into the generational kind of thing here in just a minute. So, real quick, before I get to my... I got a clip from Singles, the movie from the 1990s where there's a, a, a record review being looked at by the uh, fictional band uh, Citizen Dick that I popped into my head earlier. I was like, I gotta play that. But So I just pulled this off of Relics. It's a magazine I get. I still get it in my mailbox. I love it. I love the work they do. This is a CD review on Taylor Haskins and Great Empire. I guess the album is The Point. Way out there on the Neo New Age tip, you'll find Taylor Haskins and Green Empire's The Point, a warmly weird album of lava-lamping, instrumental space folk. The group's sound is a retro-futurist blend of Brett Lanard's, whatever his name is, drifting pedal steel guitar and Haskins' analog EBI. Accompanied by guitarist Michael, whatever his last name is, his synth hovers like a flying saucer above Lake Champlain in some song. Cuts to the mark with tart astringency in some other song. And serenades optimistic back to the inlanders in some other song. What the hell did I just read? Who is this band? Are they any good? What do they sound like? And what the hell are you trying to tell me? Astringency? I should never be reading a music review where anywhere in there the word astringency is used. Because first of all, nobody knows what it means. And second of all, it doesn't describe music in any kind of real way other than whatever wordsmith you think you've become in this week's review of the newest, coolest band that probably totally sucks. These thesaurus-toting dweebs are making shit up left and right, using words nobody knows what they are, just trying to make themselves look like they're actually doing something when they're really not. This is from the single soundtrack. It's Eddie Vedder. Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam, along with Matt Dillon, sitting around a table. It's the fictitious band Citizen Dick about to read a review of their latest album from the movie Singles. Hey, check this out, man. Review our record. Whoa, snap. Read it out loud, man. Once again, when the Shirless Cliff Ponsier starts to sing. Wait a minute, man. I don't want to hear anything negative. So here's this fake review. Once again, when the shirtless Cliff Poncier begins singing, you know exactly what you're in for. More pompous, dick-swinging swill from a man who has haunted the local scene for much too long. You wish that Cliff would move to another town like Minneapolis or Los Angeles or New York, a town where he could disappear into the masses and not stand out like the relentlessly mediocre talent that he is. That, my friends, is a review. Other than that, he was ably backed by Stone and Jeff and drummer Eddie Vedder. I mean, that's good. That's, that's a good review. A compliment for us is a compliment for you. No, man. Just negative energy just makes me stronger. We will not retreat. This band is unstoppable. This weekend, we rock Portland. And I remember being a kid watching that movie, and uh, I didn't quite get it because I was too young. It's a movie about 20-somethings dating, so it doesn't resonate quite with a 14-year-old. But in retrospect and watching it many times over the years, it is quite an incredible movie. And I just liked it back then because Pearl Jam was in it and Allison Chains was in it. So I just pretended like I got what was going on. But yeah, that, that, that's what I want to see. More of that. Back in the 90s, it was a bigger city stuff, I get it, but... I mean, you had you you couldn't wait to find that review, and you had to do whatever it took to try to make sure you didn't get somebody who had an axe to grind or somebody you know you wanted to get in the right hands to get a good review. Because you might not get a review, you might get a shit review, and now that just doesn't seem to be a thing. Every band's great, every new you know everybody's in the in the pocket of the label or in the pocket of the radio station or in the pocket of the of the alt weekly. 
or whatever it is. And it's just a damn shame. Damn, damn, damn shame. But, uh, all right. That's, I guess, all I got on that. Singles, though, man, I, I, I that popped into my head the other day when I was putting together the segment. And, um, I got my singles shirt. Uh, and as we, on the way out here, this is uh, the, the fake song that they eventually, years later, put out. It's a rendition of Mudhoney's Touch Me, I'm Sick, except they change it to Touch Me, I'm Dick, which is the one song they talk about in the movie. Uh, the, the band's was called Citizen Dick, and they actually put out a shirt that I've had since I was about 14 or 15 years old. I remember getting it. It's like an extra large. It fit me uh, like a like a robe, like it covered my whole body, but I had to have it. So I like begged my mom to still buy it for me. That's why 25 years later it's, it fits, and I wear it to every Pearl Jam show I go to, and it's so much fun to get the reaction from everybody who gets that shirt and understands what it means. But yeah, this is Touch Me, I'm Dick, from the fake band Citizen Dick with Eddie Vedder uh, clearly on vocals, something they must have just thrown together when they were drunk one day and just hit record on some kind of home studio or something because it sure sounds awful. Coming up next on the Stone On Air podcast, the latest from the Dead Deads, a portion of a blog piece from Letitia Wolf, and the Tide Pod Challenge. Yes, the Tide Pod Challenge is one of the most ridiculous things you've heard of in a while. And just a list of many, many more ridiculous things you will be surely be hearing about soon enough. This is the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for January 24th, 2018. And I will be right back. Now, a song like Touch Me, I'm Dick is about what? Well, I think Touch Me, I'm Dick, in essence, speaks for itself, you know. I think that's, you know, that's basically what the song is uh, about. It's about, you know, I, I think a lot of people might think it's actually about, you know, my name is Dick, and, you, you know, you can touch me, but I, I think, you know, it can be seen either way. More of Stone On Air coming up. Why do I feel like you're enjoying this? At StoneOnAir.com. Brand new from the Dead Beds. The track is called Ghosts. When I tell my story, try to tell it boring. Get the whole world snoring to the sound of my voice. Gotta keep it friendly. Gotta keep pretending. Make a happy ending that satisfies all the boys. Pants on fire! Y'all know I love this band, I love these girls, and well, it's, I don't know, two of the members anymore, but uh, bass player Daisy Dead, Mavis Davis, as I call her, and Letitia Wolf is a longtime forever friend of mine. The album is called Sketches and Animation. It'll be out on January 26th. However it is that you get music, that's the day you can do it. I'm going to read this blog piece in a minute and some of the lyrics of this song. Letitia, sometimes subtly, sometimes not subtly at all, is quite the activist at times. And this would be one of those cases. Of course, they had a lineup change back in roughly October. Haven't talked to her much since then. Hoping to get uh, the new members on the show one of these days. I'm sure we'll be able to work that out sometime this year. Truly becoming uh, on the brink of rock stars. One of the most intelligent people I've ever met. One of the deepest thinking people I've ever met. Talking about Letitia. And one of the finest lyricists I've ever met. And I guess I could put on there probably one of the best musicians I've ever met as well. And I just happened to have known her <laughs> virtually my entire life, so I lucked out there. Try to tell it boring, make a happy ending, gotta keep pretending. But I see ghosts, I see ghosts. So I don't go to their blog page all that much at the Dead Dead's Tumblr. I, like, I don't even know what the address is. You're going to have to go find it out for yourself if you want to see it. But 
I I do encourage you to go uh, give it a give it a read because I'm gonna I'm gonna skip about half of it because not because it's not good just because it's not relevant to the point of why I want to read it. So uh, it's the Dead Dead's Tumblr, I believe. Again, you're on your own on that one. But this is from uh, Meta Dead. It's portions of the lyrics of the song, which I'll read just a touch of, and uh, and her blog post as to why she wrote this song. Ghost by Meta Dead. It's been heartbreaking and yet somehow energizing the last few weeks to see victims of sexual abuse speak out against somewhat beloved, definitely iconic persons in positions of great power. I know that it hurts to find out that your favorite celebrity abused kids or degraded women, but it's nothing compared to the pain of feeling powerless to defend yourself against these villains. Growing up in the rock world, I saw and heard so much gross nonsense that suspending disgust became like breathing. Then as I grew up with my spine matured and hardened, I was able to stand up for myself and others or remove myself from ignorant situations without the fear of judgment. There are many reasons why victims stay silent. For those that are too intimidated by their abuser to speak out, often the ghost they live with laughs in their face, haunts their every waking thought, and makes them feel unworthy of love. Pretty much every friend I have has some story of being manipulated by a person they respected. They range in severity from shitty to shattering. My wish is that everyone out there who has been hurt by a person they trusted could find a way to exercise that ghost. Even if you can't tell the public, tell a friend. If you can't tell a friend, journal about it to yourself. Acknowledging that you were victimized, accepting yourself and your hurt, allowing yourself to grieve, these are all exercises that will help you heal. Please know that someone loves you. Someone wrote a song for you too. And it goes like this. When I tell my story, gotta tell it boring. Get the whole world snoring to the sound of my voice. Gotta keep it friendly. Gotta keep pretending. Make a happy ending to satisfy all the boys. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. I see ghosts. When I call my mama, hide away the drama. Wish I could be stronger in a beautiful world. Inside collapsing, great thanks for asking. Empty and happy, I'm a brave little girl. Liar, liar. Pants on fire, I see ghosts. The album comes out this week. The song is incredible. And sometimes when you hear a super hard-charging guitar riff rock song, it's hard to comprehend and understand that there's actual powerful, meaningful, real lyrics in there. Yeah, you can jump up and down, bounce around, get all, oh man, I love this song. Woohoo! But to realize that often these songs have true meaning, it's it's hard to see that sometimes. Like to see a review on this by somebody who actually has something to say and doesn't have a thesaurus in their hand. I'll, I'll put that over there and be done with it for now. This is a final uh, from Letitia's uh, blog post. Tonight I'm sitting by the fire about two hours outside of Charlotte. Tomorrow starts our first date of the Seether Poison the Parish tour. We'll be playing this song in the set. I hope it reaches out as another voice saying you're not alone. Much love to any that suffer tonight with ghosts of past abuse. Please know that you are not remotely alone in your pain. Hopefully, the more we can talk about it, the more the needle will move. Good night, my friends. Be good to each other. And if anybody knows Letitia Wolf, she is not what the buzzword, a snowflake or somebody who just blindly comes up with kind of stances because she saw it on social media the other day or because, you know, uh, her best friend told her or because somebody at work said, hey, man, did you hear this? Did you see what they said? She formulates opinions. She's authentic. She's one of the most real people you'll ever meet. And if she's she goes right in the line, the, uh, the lines of Tim Kelly, as I mentioned earlier. If she's talking, you should listen. What in the hell is the Tide Pod Challenge? A government watchdog is expressing concern over the dangerous misuse of laundry detergent. In this latest social media fad, teenagers are putting detergent pods in their mouths and posting the videos online. Anna Warner explains why this is so risky. It's a good thing that we had Anna Warner explain to us why this is so risky. Many of the social media videos are recorded and posted by minors. 
they're putting poisonous laundry pods in their mouths for clicks Three, and internet fame. Two, one. They call it the Tide Pod Challenge. Oh my God! 19-year-old Mark Pagan did it on a dare. He told us he knew better, but did it anyway. A lot of people were just saying how stupid I was or how, why would I be willing to do that? No one should be putting anything like that in their mouths, you know? Now, authorities say... This is what started out as a joke on the internet, and now it's just gone too far. Anne-Marie Burkle is acting chairman of the Consumer Product Safety Commission. She says ingesting any of the liquid carries a deadly risk. The pods are bright and colorful, and to children, they can look like candy. At least 10 deaths have been linked to ingesting the pods. And I'll go ahead and just turn it off there, because then it starts turning into senior citizens are getting confused. Like, is this about <laughs> regulating uh, industry for reasons of, of safety because of j j child and, and senior citizen, or is this because we have a bunch of dumb asshole kids running around who think it's funny to eat this or put it in their mouth? I don't know. Gizmodo is where I get this from. The headline says, uh, the maker of Tide Pods, it's not our fault that teens are fucking stupid. <laughs> Why are teens eating Tide Pods or at least pretending to eat them in videos that they're posting online? We have some theories, but the company that makes these brightly colored laundry pods would like you to know that whatever the reason, it's not their fault. David Taylor, CEO of Procter & Gamble, ensuring the safety of the people who use our products is fundamental to everything we do. However, even the most stringent standards and protocols, labels and warnings can't prevent intentional abuse fueled by poor judgment and the desire for popularity. Tide released a video on YouTube about how stupid it is to ingest laundry detergent. But obviously, teens already know just how dangerous it is. That's why they're doing it. In the end, everything about youth culture can and will be co-opted, of course, if there's a buck to be made. In fact, a pizzeria in Brooklyn has made a Tide Pod-inspired pizza pie. And thus, the marketing circle of life has been completed. Eating a Tide Pod-looking pizza won't kill you, so don't expect teens of the year 2018 to be interested. But you can expect the next nihilistic trend to be even more outrageous and there's a whole bunch more there i just got a little couple pieces of it i skipped one part i'm gonna come back to here in just a minute it is it's it, what we're at now too is you got to realize and remember is that what we considered the millennials they're they're like in their 30s now i mean a millennial is like 27 to 35 ish 25 to 33 something like that as i've always said what what generation you fit into is more of a mindset and a lifestyle more than it is, you know, math. So most millennials, the way we generally speak of them, they're in their, th they're going on thirty or in their thirties. They have children or about to have children. So kids that are seventeen and fifteen and sixteen and nineteen, those aren't millennials. That's the next generation of of a potentially even more warped out, messed up generation because of the technological advances that, that are so rapid every single day. So here's a portion I skipped um, from earlier in this piece. I did that purposely. Companies flock to places like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat to market their wares and modern corporations adopt youth culture in the process, just as they have for decades. Teens today have grown up in a marketing-obsessed world just as the millennials, Gen X, and baby boomers did before them. And teens of 2018 really don't seem to mind being awash in brands until they do. And then that's where the Tide Pods come in. Point of that paragraph and why I want to read it was, is that, yeah, we've all been targeted by uh, by brands, by TV, by, t by different kinds of programming through different outlets ever since baby boomers to, to, to where we are now. But it just gets a little bit more every generation and it changes just a little bit more every generation it doesn't matter how intelligent you are or how much student loan debt you have i don't i just don't believe it goes all the way back to the beginning of the show when when tim kelly's post that i i read about just it just seems like we're just getting so demonstrably more dumb and dumber and dumber and stupider and stupider and dumber and it's not that our intelligence level is going down it's that our mental capacity to understand everything around us because of our obsession with social media is getting so high and i don't have much of a greater point than that because i i do think that the our brain capacity is better than ever and our ability 
to get information and to learn and to be and to, and to be informed. It's there. It's right there. It's just nobody. Well, let me rephrase. Most people generalized. Most people don't take advantage of it. It's just turned into, hey, man, see this? See this, man? What was that? Oh, hear what I heard? Check this out. I mean, I've talked about these kinds of things in different variations a lot. You know where I come from on this. It's just so damn disappointing. It is so odd that in an era of, of unlimited information and the truth is so easy to find, it's easy to remember, it's easy to gather, it feels like almost nobody actually, if, if they can't find it, it's that they don't want it. It's that they don't want it. And that's... uh. Uh, it's disappointing. One last little audio clip. You guys know I love playing with audio. I'm Jake Annarino, and I'm about to take the Tide Pod Challenge. It's the newest challenge sweeping the nation. Kids all over the world posting YouTube videos where they bite into a Tide laundry pod. So nervous. No fucking way am I gonna bite into a Tide pod. Are you fucking crazy? The Tide Pod Challenge. They ought to call that the stupid motherfucker challenge is what they ought to call it. If I ever caught one of my nieces and nephews doing the Tide Pod challenge, they'd get my Tide Pod foot up their ass. Get your head out of your assholes. Stop being a disappointment to your poor parents. How about the read a book challenge? You ever see one of these? You stupid mother. Turn off the TV and pick up a couple of these books and read them. You'll get sick. These have chemicals. They'll burn your face. What the fuck is wrong with America? Holy <laughs> shit. I don't know who that is or where it came from. I decided it was kind of funny. And that you can tell that's an old guy. Turn off the TV. Hell, 18-year-old kids don't have a TV, brah. But your point is still well taken. On the way out, this is a driving and crying song from an EP that came out eh, sometime this decade. I can't remember how far back now. The EP is called Songs from the Laundry Mat, and the song itself is called Clean Up. I thought that was about as good as you could do for ending the show on the ridiculously stupid as hell Tide Pod Challenge. Don't eat laundry detergent. It's bad for you, children. Even though I know no children can hear this. I don't know. What do you do? What do you do with idiot ass kids, man? Why y'all you guys have got kids out there? Jesus Christ. I don't know how the hell you do it. I don't know how the hell you do it. And all I can do is wish you the best of luck. All right, so hey, if you happen to know anybody who wants to sponsor the uh, trip to DC and go into Tony Kornheiser's studio, I need <laughs> that's good. That's not gonna be cheap. So let me know if you happen to know anybody. I'll give you all the uh, all the plugs and love in the world. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but it is a, an opportunity to make a couple of bucks. So I'm going to be working on that for the next couple of weeks. And what else? That's it. I, I'm done. I got I to gotta, I gotta get uh, back to doing something other than this. So we'll talk to you again next week, each and every Wednesday. It is the Stone On Air podcast. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. And as always, every Monday through Friday in the afternoons, 3 to 7 on Alt 98.7 in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Alt 98. Dot com. Hashtag white lies matter. Hashtag black lies matter. As a matter of fact, all lies matter. Don't be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. And watch this space in 2018. We'll do it again next week. See you later. Bye.